that. We should have a reference yeah. counter, and um, it'll be like Julie Rich- Richards. Stick another references. quarter in the jar every time <laughs> yeah. I get it, and we'll go out for coffee. Tally. It'll only take us twenty episodes to get a dollar ice cream at Terry Queen. Uh, but it's unbelievable. Like looking back, and you're right. just like, no. what are people still thinking today? really interesting like paradigm shift oh my word so much has happened i'm so wow. excited for it to keep changing though <laughs> <laughs> just like, keep right on change that movement right yeah. there you go that's what we're talking Walking about today yeah and that transition that does perfectly into feelings <laughs> <laughs> so if you're just joining us welcome to uh community roots a place where we gather in community with each other to talk about mental health i'm samuel richards i'm julie richards i'm lisa gilchrist Actually, in school, we're talking about feelings in my communication class, so it's good timing on my end <laughs> that I'll be prepared for this round of therapist talk. Um, this might help clear something up for me right off the bat. What is going on in your brain whenever you're thinking as opposed to feeling something? It's a really good question. Uh, there are two different sides of the brain. Um, so... I think, I don't know if we've talked about it at all, but the connector, like the corpus callosum, it's just a very small bridge that connects our cognitive side of the brain with emotion. And so we can have thinking things going on, and when that bridge is connected, we get to have access to that emotion that might go along with that thought, um, or those, like those, just the things that we're thinking of. And... I don't want to dip too much into trauma, but when trauma, when we experience trauma, it separates that bridge. Mm. And so we can go either two sides. We can stay super cognitive, logical. I've got a great story, um, but you don't, you can't know what I'm feeling because that part of me is not working. Um, it doesn't leave you on that side because very quickly you could become and stay on an emotional side as well and not have access to any words or thoughts, mm. just feeling only, and that's overwhelming. So, but, and we even talk about the brain as being there's the thinking brain, the feeling brain, and even if you know um, something to be rationally true, that your thinking brain says, "I know this is true," your feeling brain isn't necessarily resolved, which mm. means you have to be paying attention to. What's the emotion underneath that? Where am I still feeling distressed in my body? Feelings are sensations that are in our body that we are actually interpreting our emotion based on how those sensations impact us. And so many times we, we cross what we're talking about with I think and I feel. Yeah, um, it can be confusing. I've done it myself many a time. Um, even probably today at some point. Um, so they're confusing. We share them. We say, I think, you know, I, or I feel that, and you just continue with the, your thoughts. So as interchanging them, um, you might say something like, I feel like you're not paying attention to me. And instead, you might say, I'm frustrated that you're not paying attention to me right now. So when we use those phrases of I feel like we're pretty often forgetting the emotion word that comes with it. We end up saying I feel like, but what we communicate then is our thoughts. We don't actually communicate emotion with it. 
And another piece too, I often see, especially with clients, um, someone coming in and asking, like, this is what I'm telling my spouse. You know, I'm saying this, and they're not uh, validating me. And I'm, I get to share with them, well, you're not sharing a feeling. You're sharing a thought with them, and you're expecting a validation response of a thought, and that's not really mm. something that we validate necessarily. Um, emotions are things that we validate, and I remember talking about just the power of being able to validate some of what we're feeling, um, t- again, to give space. I think, too, a to big emotion. part of that would be connection, and emotion helps us to know what a person's feeling so that we can get closer to them. It's part of being known. It's part of knowing ourselves. And one of the things I think that's really difficult is if we don't have someone who's asking us, what do you think about this? Or what do you feel about this? We often don't really know because we get into the groove of whatever our busyness is. And unless we have um, safe people or uh, people that can be asking us, our therapist or a friend or a family member, um, or specifically if we would do journaling and self-reflection, we need to be able to check in with ourselves and to find out what is it that I think about this? What do I feel about this? And maybe even practicing distinguishing that those are two different things, which is why it connects back into that these sensations are happening in our body. We're feeling mm joy or excitement we're feeling uh sadness and heaviness in our heart we're feeling um anxious and stressed those are all sensations that we have that then help us be more informed about the emotion behind it feeling joy or sadness or stress Mm. anxiety things like that that's how it all connects in Yeah, just so I'm understanding it, it's kind of like you have two different functions in your brain, and sometimes they work together, and sometimes they work independently. Yeah, it can get kind of disconnected or dominant on one side or the other, where we do kind of cope with just thinking more instead of allowing ourselves to feel it. Or sometimes people get so flooded with emotion that they're feeling so much they can't quite regulate emotion. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I think I have a pretty good example from yesterday talking to a, a teenage client, and they had homecoming recently. I think a lot of a lot of kids had homecoming, and she was coming in and just kind of. She's a fast talker. She's kind of a fast processor, and she was she was just telling me about prom and how she was going for it and slipped something in really fast and then just kept really going on a train and just started talking about the friends and how they were um, responding to her and how they just called her these names and just Mm. she just felt awful but she wasn't telling me any of those feelings she was just going and at one point I just said hey you just told me you don't know what you're feeling and I just want to stop you for a second so that we don't go this far without honoring some space for you to, to figure out what you're feeling. And she said, you know, as we went through, she was like, oh, I guess I guess I can, like, feel what I'm feeling. I didn't realize that's what I was feeling. And just to watch her come to that conclusion 
catch up, connect with, let's slow down because we're too disconnected at this point. I think that's so important that life is happening so fast. We've got so much on our plate that we're trying to do. And so often we get pulled out of that self-awareness to be able to check in with ourselves. We have to be able to do that. Yeah, I think that even just in this conversation, I can think back to times that I've tried to think my way around a feeling, you know. But that is interesting because I, just because I'd like to know more, how do I know what I'm feeling when I'm feeling it? Like, how do you, can you rationalize your way around a um, feeling? Or is that just part of the process of feeling something? How do I know what I'm feeling? I think we start with noticing the physical sensations that are in our body and kind of getting curious about noticing without judgment and being able to, like we've said, slow down and sit with it a little bit. There's not always something for us to do. Um, Lisa Oliveira had posted on Instagram about... um, we don't always have to do something with our emotions. Most of the time, the path moving through our feelings is simply acknowledging and honoring them, holding them, witnessing them, allowing them. And that's such an important thing to just be with where you are, um, to be able to pay attention and notice just anything that's coming up for you. I think having access, allowing feeling is really empowering. I mean, for for the young girl I was sharing about, you could tell, right? She just felt so empowered by being able to acknowledge and identify, I do have feelings. I I do have access to something, and I'm realizing that my speed is taking that away from me. Um, And another reference, um, a book reference, Kurt Thompson, um, in The Soul of Shame, says, emotion is something that both regulates us and that we regulate. Uh, Whenever we are thinking or sensing something, emotion is part of the process. And so I guess to your question, circumventing or circuitously trying to get somewhere, maybe over something, or deleting it, like there's no deleting. You have to move through it. And by allowing that, supporting that, having people support that and see that for you allows movement. So it's one of the ways to process emotion, like saying, I'm feeling angry right now. Yeah, and then explore that a little bit. I was thinking sometimes um, feeling wheels, emotion wheels, um, there's different like charts that list out just some different emotion words that you can pull from so that you can kind of sit with here's what's going on with me and here's what I think about it here's what I feel about it here's uh, the sensations that I'm having in my body Mm -hmm. what you can do is make a sensory wheel and draw a circle on a piece of paper write a big plus in the middle of it so you're dividing it into four quadrants and then label those four parts thinking, feeling, body sensations, and images. And you can fill those four quadrants with drawings, with um, phrases, with words that 
um, kind of help you unpack what happened in your week. So you could do it with something really awesome and fun that you're happy about. You can do it with something you're really stressed about or um, confused or conflicted about. So you can have the event that happened and start writing down, what was I thinking about that? And then what are the feelings that come up with um, the thoughts that I had? And what are the body sensations I'm noticing? And what are the images that come to mind as I think about it? And it kind of helps you untangle and do some self-reflection on what's going on with me right now. Um, how can I get in touch with myself about this particular event that happened? Yeah, that seems pretty in-depth. I was kind of imagining you being like, you write happy, sad, <laughs> excited, and something else. But that seems really in-depth. That's I think that the images piece is really interesting to kind of say, what did what did the situation bring up? Yeah, because it might be reminding you of something of, of significance, of special meaning to you, that helps you get to the root of why you're thinking and feeling the way you are. Because we all have meaning that we're bringing to something. It's not just linear or everyone seeing it the same way. We all have our own experience of things. We call it a subjective experience. Um, so it's important to notice and just be observant and not critical of yourself. Just be compassionate to say, I'm noticing these are my thoughts. These are the things I'm feeling. This is what it's bringing up for me. I wanted to take a quick pause out of this just to say that Mental health is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say that because even in my communications classes and stuff like that, and with my um, activist background, mm -hmm. I feel that mental health is such a place of like support and let's listen to what you have to say, like very other oriented as well as self-oriented, you know? So what's the emotion with that? Because you just did it. You said, I feel that. So there's an emotion connected with that. You were thinking that. So what was the emotion you feel with it? I feel excitement, I guess. Here we go. And some relief. Because sometimes when you're an activist, you're like, everybody is thinking opposite of what I'm trying to think of. And so now, not only do I have to fight for an alternative i also have to build it and so it's cool that there's a whole field out here that's like let's actually listen to people and actually talk to them see what they're feeling because that's what the activist community at least the radical left is fighting for right now just to let's all just be heard and listen to be to heard and understood yeah. is a big thing absolutely so i think that's really cool yeah and part of that being to be felt and understood there has to I think you come back to that access of saying do I have access to share what I'm feeling do, do I have access to share what my story is and risk maybe being misunderstood or not heard correctly and you know I just I think about specific people that allow patience to to move it around and to get it right and to restructure if it didn't come out right the first time um, because it can feel really fumbly sometimes for me it could feel fumbly I'm curious what's the emotion <laughs> that goes with fumbly hmm. distracting um, ambiguous it's a good one confusing I was thinking of confusing, confusing yeah mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that is really interesting. Or like unaccepting or just hesitant. I think it's good to have patience to, I mean, just to realize that in our society that this isn't really taught. So I feel, um, I said it. (laughs) You can can catch yourself now. (laughs) I don't, I'm not sure how I feel, but I definitely, uh, I don't know. But my experience is I don't have enough of a, an emotional vocabulary to explain what I'm feeling. Sure. And so to even come up with these words, we've talked about fumbly off air. We talked about grumbly. (laughs) Yeah. If you're feeling grumbly about something, but I, um, I guess I feel fumbly for words. I think this is inspiring me too to post on our Facebook page, an emotion wheel and Mm. some different emotion charts and things that those are helpful to grow our vocabulary for finding a way to, not only just have a variety of words that we can choose from, but also intensity because our mm. feelings are sometimes um, mild and small and sometimes they get really big and really intense. And one of the things that's helpful for us to uh, know what to do whenever we get really overwhelmed is what do I do with these strong feelings? I have to like uh, feelings have emotions have energy with them and that kind of gets stuck in our body and so sometimes if we feel really strongly about something we need a way to release that energy um, which includes things like going for a run or which I'm not a runner so I wouldn't do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay go for a bike ride take a walk with your dog or um, do some exercise or for some people it's kickboxing or it's um, throwing a pillow or something, but you have energy that you want to release. People who are anxious can sometimes chatter a lot. There's like nervous chatter that happens that I've seen kind of that connected with you're trying to get the energy out of your body through using so many words. Mm -hmm. Even that is one way that we release some of that energy. So if you're feeling angry about something and you go for a run, is that avoiding the emotion Or should you sit with it first? What are the steps there? I think you can notice it and sit with it even while you're running. Like just (laughs) having the awareness in your mind of I'm feeling angry about this. I'm really frustrated and and allowing your run to be part of your expression of anger. So it's not to avoid it. It's to recognize I've got energy in my body right now because this situation is so frustrating. I need to do something with that energy. I'm going to run being aware that I'm feeling that. It's a, it's giving it permission to be there and an expression to be able to do something with it when we need to. I think it reminds me of the, uh, like a teeter-totter or a balance as far as I don't know if danger is the right word, but like in danger of staying too far sided in the emotion and just really going that deep without being able to look at the other side. So I think of just being able to balance it and say, here's here's the emotion. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I can do with it. And how do I really integrate, take some time to be with both find others and sometimes anger is tricky because I shared with someone the other day I said you know it's not really a primary emotion what might be underneath that 
but really having someone to challenge it or ask about it and say, hmm, that's really interesting. Um, and I think the idea of giving validity to your anger, but also exploring, is there disappointment underneath? Is there what sadness? else? What, what, what else, else am I feeling? Yeah, we're not here. just feeling one emotion at a time. So we can explore it, get curious about it and say, what else am I feeling with that? Dan Siegel talks about name it to tame it. Mm-hmm. So when we feel really upset by something, one way to bring our emotion down to a calmer level so we can sit with it better is to name it out and to be able to talk about it. That that activity is actually integrating your brain that Lisa was talking about earlier about the left side and the right side because your left side is putting words to it. Your right side is feeling the strong emotion. So naming it balances out the left side and the right side emotion. So at the beginning of the episode, we mentioned something similar that I think is applicable. This idea of I feel and then a thought but maybe this kind of two-tone question of instead of focusing on, you should say an I statement to accurately say it, instead focus on what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? So we were talking earlier about this example, but instead of saying, I feel like you're late all the time, instead to say, okay, what am I feeling? I'm feeling annoyed um, whenever... Um, you don't show up on time. Is that a, is that a good way of thinking about it? Yeah, because you're owning your own thoughts and feelings by starting it with the I statement. And then you're acknowledging, you're linking together what the emotion is with um, the behavior or thing that can be potentially corrected or addressed more specifically. I like that too, because I think it gives the other person some space to move too. Instead of saying, you're late all the time. It's more of, I'm upset whenever you don't show up on time. And that kind of gives you the space to say, oh, well, the reason I don't show up on time is because I have a meeting before this. Um, You can foster, facilitate conversation and discussion rather than the accusatory, I'm putting this on you. And that's what you does. Kind of when we talked before about the um, polyvagal theory about the is it safe or is it danger? Mm -hmm. You know, if someone is going to accuse you, your brain is going to go into the mode of I have to protect myself. So I'm either going to fight you on it, I'm going to flee or I'm going to shut down and freeze. So if you do that accusatory type talk, you're you're throwing someone's brain into survival mode. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. instead of staying in a calm, safe space of welcome, of curiosity, of compassion that allows you to communicate, because what you were mentioning earlier was we want to be heard. We want to be understood. So we have to be able to work with our feelings in a way that allow someone to hear us and not be um, feeling attacked or accused, blamed, shamed, all those things kind of shut down emotion, um, being able to connect and communicate about them. And it feels very plain and just to say, this is my experience. This is a situation I'm dealing with. This is my reality. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to own it and say, this is how I'm experiencing it. And especially if you can stay humble with that and just say, hey, here's where I'm at with this. You're inviting someone into more connection to be able, because then hopefully on the flip side of that, you're also curious about their side of it too. So it doesn't become lopsided. With emotions and feelings, 
one thing I go to quickly is say, am I reacting or do I have space to respond? And I think, again, sitting with this maybe accusatory blaming, I'm upset, and then stepping back and saying, how am I offering to the person I'm, I'm upset with that they don't have to be reactionary, that they can receive the space that I'm giving them because I'm taking space for myself to acknowledge what I'm feeling so that I can also be mindful and thoughtful of them because I'm sure we've all been in conversations that are double, triple, reactionary and no room for response. Mm-hmm. That's good. And writing and journaling for me personally, I think for many, allows me some time to respond rather than react. If you get like an email, you're like, okay, I have some time. I don't have to react to what this is. I can respond. I think it's important for us to talk about just that all feelings are valid. Um, Maybe some of the behaviors we choose and what we do with our Mm -hmm. feelings is not always healthy or beneficial to us. Um, But no matter what someone is feeling, it's important to be able to acknowledge, hear, understand, validate what that is so that they can feel connected to, related to. Um, It doesn't mean that you're for or against or supporting whatever. I think sometimes people get tangled up with all of that. Like they don't want someone to feel a certain way because it seems um, like that they're giving them permission to do something that they shouldn't. I mean, people get really tangled up talking about feelings instead of allowing someone as part of who they are to have their own thoughts, have their own feelings. It's okay that they feel the way they do. Um, and that, you know, noticing that when it there's a range of how strong our feelings are, I just want to comment on that for just a moment here because sometimes when we're having really strong reactions to something like what you were talking about, Lisa, um, it's, it's a good time to pause <laughs> and to say, what's going on with me in this moment? Cause I'm feeling really strongly about this. And so it's helpful to be able to reflect and say, first of all, what state am I in personally right now? Am I stressed out? We've talked in some of our early episodes, I think about halts, which was hungry, angry, lonely, tired, stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're really vulnerable and not in a good place, we're probably going to have a stronger reaction because, and this ties back into our window of tolerance episode that we had, we're outside our window. So that causes a stronger reaction or stronger emotions. Um, Also, we can have strong reactions to things whenever something has a lot of meaning for us. It has a lot of importance. This really matters to me, so I'm going to feel strongly about it. Um, Other things that don't matter so much to me, I'm not going to have strong feelings about. They're probably going to be more subtle, more calm. Um, We can also have strong feelings to something whenever something's unresolved because it's linking us to something that we're still feeling raw about. You know, if we poke um, a splinter or if we put salt in a wound, we're going to really react and say, this is really hurting me right now. But if we do the work of resolving things and working them through and allowing them to heal, 
if we take the splinter out, if we don't put salt in an open wound and we allow the wound to heal, then we don't have those strong reactions to it anymore. So sometimes those strong feelings are actually linking us to something from the past that's unresolved or something in the future that we're scared of, but we're, we've left the present. We're not here and now. I like what you said because it connects me back to our community episode, actually, how we talked about just trusting people. And whenever you're in that situation, I think to trust the person that you're talking to, to say, um, this is my situation, this is what I'm feeling, um, can really help clarify some things as well. Because I feel those checks that you said are kind of have to be personal. <coughs> is there something going on within me that is unresolved because this reminds me of something that wheel seems like such a good idea. I might try that on some of my more complex feelings because that seems like such a good way to kind of pull one thread sure. and see kind what else comes it down out. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just yeah. only working with only a part of it, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, I thought it was just happy, sad and excited and go, but that's just a part of it. And I don't know, I also, I just wonder about with the complexity that you're talking about and sometimes feeling the heaviness of, do I have to hold all of this emotion by myself? And it can be tricky because I think there are things that we need to be able to hold. But I also imagine that there are a lot of things in the sharing of stories and trusting people and connecting and finding links through these emotions that that's where we get to feel understood. And when we understand ourselves better, we can therefore understand other people better as well. Then we can all realize that we're all just human (laughs) trying to figure out all of this. Isn't that a beautiful thought? (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Humanity is an amazing, (sighs) complex, dynamic thing that we can actually celebrate and explore. Hmm. I think there's a lot of potential and such hurt at the same time yeah. that you can see so how true. just scars throughout humanity, throughout all time, you can see them still impacting things today. I feel a little sober. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so important to be able to hold space for both. You know, I think one of the things that keeps us from being able to feel is that we think we have to only feel one way and so some of that complexity that you were talking about Lisa of just let's sit in the middle of all of the questions all of the wondering all of the conflicted feelings that we feel grief and loss but we also feel hope and gain Mm -hmm. and potential and there's so much that. that we can sit with all of the different feelings and allow them to be felt well cool Um, I think that brings another episode to a wrap. Um, As with all of of our episodes, I think we'll be continuously calling back to it and talking about it as we kind of grow through this podcast. But that's awesome. So um, if you have any thoughts about feelings, if you want us to cover something that um, we haven't covered on the show, reach out to us. Um, We'd love to have you um, create this community that we talk about a lot. So if you want to email us at communityroots.pod at gmail.com, 
it goes to all of our inboxes. So <laughs> you get the full range of support whenever uh, you email our podcast. Um, but yeah, reach out. Um, another way that we get through some of our important updates, let you know about new episodes, maybe upcoming guests, or some attachments that um, we add to a lot of our episodes, check us out on Facebook at Community Roots Podcast and on Instagram um, at communityroots.pod. We'd love for you to rate and review us on iTunes and share your feedback with us. We'd love to share that with you on the air and keep spreading the word to others so that um, we can expand our reach and help encourage more people. Yeah, we actually just got our statistics, um, like a lot of statistics came in, and everybody's listening on iTunes. So if you're listening on iTunes, rate us, because it would really help us, because that's where everybody else is listening as well. Um, So lastly, let's close out with thank yous. Um, It's always a fun, I love being thankful. Gratitude. Uh, Gratitude's a good thing. (laughs) Um, I want to thank Connie Goodell-Newton for listening. She is always a big support, and she listens every week. And I also wanted to thank my dad, Todd, who listens every week as well and gives me feedback on every episode. So that's awesome. I'm just thankful uh, for this opportunity. We're just throwing out gratitude, but thank for all the work that goes into each uh, episode time that um, that we're able to spend. I'm thankful just for the growth and the healing so that I can be fully alive. That's exciting to me. That I feel more vitally alive than I ever have before. I've got a lot of gratitude for that. Well, that's another episode. So check us next week on Off the Green Path. Oh my gosh, you are so good. You did awesome. Oh my gosh.